Welcome to the We've Seen a Thing or Two podcast. As investigators and mediators focused on regulatory and workplace conflicts, we have seen a thing or two and learned a thing or two. In each episode, we will be speaking with industry leaders in regulation, human resources and law, as well as thought leaders and top performers in investigations and mediation. We bring our audience interesting and cutting edge information on conflict management as it relates to professional regulation and workplace disputes. This industry is one of many views and we have to say that some views shared by our guests are not necessarily shared by the We've Seen a Thing or Two podcast, its hosts or sponsors. Today's show is brought to you by Bernard and Associates, trusted investigation and mediation professionals since 2004. Now here's your host, Dean Bernard. Hey everybody, welcome back to the We've Seen a Thing or Two podcast, where we delve into the world of regulatory and workplace conflicts. I wanna bring you insights, I wanna bring you stories we're really trying to talk about the front lines of mediation and investigation, and it really is great to be back with you all again. As many of our listeners will know, it's been a while since our last episode, and we took pretty much the last half of 2023 off from recording episodes, and I really do want to thank our loyal listeners for sticking with us through that. Life has a way of happening, and we've had to take a pause. You know, we just got very busy, quite frankly, in our work the Bernard and Associates work that we do, all of our investigations and mediation work, and something had to give. And quite frankly, when we have to make a choice, the choice is going to always be getting the work done for the clients and not doing other things, even though we really love to do them. So today, I am back. It's just me today. I am both the host and the guest. And I want to share with you some of the things we have in store for 2024 and take you through some of my own insights and thoughts on the subject of communication and its potential role in both creating and resolving conflicts. I think that these could be some useful insights that will help people. And then in our next episode in February, we'll be back to having some really unique and interesting guests. So we'll get into all of that shortly. But for 2024, let me talk a little bit about what we've got planned. Now, I can't share all of it at this point. We're still making some arrangements, but we do have some interesting guests lined up. And we're going to delve a lot deeper into some of the groundbreaking topics with these experts who can really help us to gain understanding and context around some controversial and Frankly, for some people, some frightening issues. We're going to explore the role of artificial intelligence in investigations, and technology has the potential to reshape the way we uncover and understand conflict. And I think that you'll all be able to expect to hear from experts in the field shedding light on a lot of the tools and strategies around leveraging artificial intelligence moving forward. And some of this will be a little frightening, if I'm being honest with you. I mean, (laughs) I always say art does imitate life. When it comes to this issue, we're on the precipice of great advancement. And I think that's exciting and we should all be looking forward to that. But I also think this is going to come at a cost for some. And the question is, who's going to pay the price and how are we going to mitigate the price that's paid when it's paid and who's going to pay it? So that's going to be a very exciting topic to get into. In another episode, we're planning on something a little bit different. We're going to do a debate. We're going to bring two guests on the show with two different perspectives 
with obviously about one controversial topic. And I think that's going to be a very engaging and thought-provoking discussion that you aren't going to want to miss. I try to play moderator, but we let these guests kind of get into it and share their thoughts. Uh, We also are planning on bringing a legal expert to discuss accommodation requirements within investigations and mediations. What level of accommodation do investigators and mediators have to keep in mind when they're working with the individuals engaged in these various processes? So we're going to talk about that and get some insights from somebody who can really enlighten us. Another upcoming episode will frankly be very proudly dedicated to introducing Bernard & Associates' new not-for-profit sister organization. We call it the Force for Good Initiative. And for those of you who know our company and who followed our company, you'll know that as a B Corp organization, we wanted to take that concept of using business as a force for good very seriously. We've tried very hard to give back. And so one of the ways we want to do this is to create this new organization to have focus on all the charitable works of our company and really the great people within Bernard & Associates and, and some of our partners outside of the company, you're going to hear about some of the inspiring work that we're going to be doing and that we already are doing and how it's making a real impact and the unique partnerships that we're forming and forging with various other charities. Now, I will say this isn't a foundation that we're setting up. We're not looking to collect money directly. It really is an initiative. That's why we put the word initiative in the title. It's an initiative aimed at assisting well-established charities and helping them to succeed and being a part of their success. Uh, Anyway, lots more to come on this, but for now, I'm going to move on and get into the discussion that is about communication. Now, as I said before, I think communication is a pivotal part of conflict. It's also a pivotal part of resolution. And it underpins all the work that we do in investigations and mediation. At the heart of almost every conflict, whether it's in the boardroom, on the front lines, it's a breakdown of communication. And so we're going to explore how effective communication can not only resolve conflicts, but also prevent them from escalating, prevent them from even typically growing into bigger, more difficult issues to deal with. So without further ado, let's kind of get into that, right? So I'll start by saying that I've lost count, really, the number of times that I've seen poor or absent communication as the common thread to a harassment complaint, a workplace conflict, or any other kind of complaint, a regulatory complaint. In fact, I'd argue that it's the lack of effective communication that really allows most issues to grow into difficult and, frankly, often unresolvable disputes. And we have a tendency, I think, as humans to want to talk more than we listen. (laughs) A lesson that many of us take many years of life to learn, myself included, we want to express our views, right? And if we're being honest, we often don't care as much about other people's viewpoints, other people's thoughts and perspectives. And I think that a lot of people go through life with this kind of rights-based thinking where we determine what's right in our mind, and then we fight tooth and nail to prove it. And we need to get away. We need to shift away from this kind of thinking and move to a interest-based thinking where our focus is on trying to achieve the best for everyone, looking at how everyone's interests can be met or partially met in any kind of dispute. I think that is really the key to success. And as I said, most people don't think about what the other person wants because they're usually laser focused on what it is they want. In fact, I think in some conflicts, I would argue that they're not even real. They're often perceived because we really haven't taken the time to 
learn about the issues, to examine the circumstances or context, or even create stories in our heads that aren't based on fact. I mean, how many times do we have that happen, right? Somebody looks at you funny, or they say something to you that you're not quite sure how to take it. And rather than address it or try to understand it in the moment, what ends up happening? Well, you know, we walk away and we start creating ideas in our head. What did they mean by that? Why did they say that? What ends up happening is we tend to justify a position that might not even be justified. But in our minds, we think we're being justified in doing so. So one of the reasons that these kinds of things happen is because people typically do one of two things when they have a conflict, right? The most common, I would argue, is to ignore it or to avoid it, right? We hope it's going to go away. And this is where the story creation really happens because our frustration kind of comes out in other ways. It can come out in the way we look at people. Sometimes it ends up leading to gossiping and engaging in conversations that don't really help the situation. And when that happens, there's a misinterpretation of future actions. So I sometimes, and I'm not really joking, but I'll do an investigation and somebody will show me a document and they'll say, look at this email I got. Look at look at how rude this email is. And I'll read the email. It'll be something like, Joe, meet me in boardroom three at four o'clock, John. And I'm looking at it and thinking to myself, well, okay, it's not rude. What are they looking for here? The reason that that person perceives it the way they perceive it clearly is because there's all this water under the bridge. There's all these past issues that haven't been dealt with. And because of those past issues, every little thing seems like an awful thing. So we justify that belief by things people do, even when those things may be completely misinterpreted. So those incorrect assumptions serve to extend, to grow the conflict, a conflict that might have been easy to solve in the beginning now becomes this monster. The other more common approach is people getting defensive, people getting angry. The result of this approach is obvious, right? I mean, people say things in anger, they demonstrate a lack of concern, they may become insulting, this can lead to yelling, and people maybe even make threats, it can even lead to violence. Here, we also see the creation of a monster, except it just happens a lot faster, and sometimes with more dire consequences. So these two typical ways that people deal with conflict or disputes are not serving us well. And there is ways to get past this. And I think it requires effort by people. It requires some decision that resolving issues is better than letting them fester, using communication tools, and having the courage to engage respectfully in resolving conflict, to have these conversations. And I will say, this is the caveat to all of this, is that there are some issues that we can't avoid escalating, right? And what I mean by that is taking it to a level of a proper investigation. And what I'm talking about here are things that are significant, serious, not that any issue isn't significant, but some issues like sexual harassment, threats of violence, really egregious issues are, are not the kinds of things that can be often addressed through a simple informal discussion. Formal investigation process exists for a reason, and sometimes we have to deal with those. We have to engage in those processes, and they have their place. What I'm talking about is when things aren't so big, when small things turn into big things, how can we prevent that from happening? How can we resolve those issues more easily? When we look at these more serious concerns, you know, we have to think about safety and fairness. And in some jurisdictions, there are rules around the obligation of employers, the obligation of regulatory bodies or what have you to conduct investigations. So this isn't applicable to every little thing, but it definitely has significant applicability in the majority of issues that arise. What I'm talking about here is focusing on those early resolution behaviors that really can prevent things. So here's a few things that I think 
are worth considering, both individually and organizationally. So when you have an issue with someone, number one, you got to pick a good time to address it with them. Don't ignore it. And if tensions are high, maybe it's important to let it be, but don't let it be too long. Just let it be long enough to let those initial tensions ease a little. If you wait too long, well, that becomes an issue too. You want to raise the issue in a way that the person can connect to, that the person can relate to. If you wait a month and then try to raise an issue that seems like it's coming out of left field, that may not be received very well. Maybe you wait for the next coffee break, for example, or the next day before work starts. And that might be a perfect time to raise an issue with somebody in the workplace, just as an example. Now, when you do go to someone with a concern, this is critical. You have to express that concern in what I like to refer to as a non-blaming way. So instead of saying something like, I have a problem with you, or, you know, you're really annoying me when you do that, try to frame your concern with someone more like, you know, I've been thinking about how we work together and I really like us to improve our working relationship. Or maybe something like, I was thinking if we changed a couple things in how we work together, you know, we could probably make our lives easier. And when you take these approaches, you're not sending the message that there's a problem and it's all your fault. Because as soon as you do that, what interest does that person have in engaging with you? Another thing that is important to consider is that if you're on the receiving end of a person's expression of concern, so somebody comes to you and they express to you, maybe not in the way that I've just described, they come to you with a problem. It's important to respond intelligently, not react from a sort of knee-jerk perspective. So oftentimes when someone comes to us with a problem, particularly if they come to us sort of in a blaming way, opposite to what I've just said they should do or you should do, our knee-jerk reaction is one of annoyance, right? We get frustrated. It's not going to help. I get annoyed at the person coming to me with a problem. We're not going to get anywhere. So you got to be the bigger person. Try to stop and think and respond intelligently, right? Say to yourself, well, I want to get to a better place. Even if this person is someone you don't like. It's someone you got to work with. And one of the things I always say is that in a lot of these disputes that happen, nobody's going away. Nobody's disappearing. The working relationship is going to have to continue. So you might as well try to respond in a way that's going to be productive and get us to a better place. Now, regardless of all of this, regardless of what side you take on an issue, you've got to be willing to listen. And believe it or not, try to focus on how you can help the other person get what they want. And I know this sounds a little counterintuitive, but the more you can help the person get what they want, the better position you will be in to explore what you want. And listening gives you information. And information gives you options to consider and ways to work together to find a solution. Often people, as I said earlier, they spend more time trying to talk than listen. And what happens is they miss things, right? They miss things that might allow everyone to get what they want, that might allow them to get to a better place. Or maybe even they miss the reality that we don't really have a conflict. We're just seeing it from different perspectives. Maybe we're aligned or maybe our conflict is with someone else, not with each other. And that's, again, a byproduct of listening and hearing. You've got to be willing to be open-minded, to discuss various options, ways that you can solve the problem. Don't engage in a discussion with your mind made up, but be open-minded to opinions, to other people's solutions, to other ideas. Recognize that in any dispute, you might not, in fact, you will not get 100% of what you want. So 
consider that, right? Work toward a solution that everybody can be happy with. And to always expect that you're going to get 100% of what you want, frankly, is unrealistic and it's selfish. And that's a bottom line, right? Like you need to be prepared to give up a little to get a little. And from an organizational perspective, you need to create a culture of conflict resolution. And that's not done by simply dictating to people how things will be resolved, how things, you know, we're going to go through this policy and we're going to implement this policy and everyone's going to follow it. I mean, those are things that need to happen. Yes, we have to have policies, but having people read it once a year and committing to understanding it isn't going to help shift the culture. It has to be helped along. It has to be helped along through educating people in how the organization can resolve conflict, sharing ways to resolve conflict sharing conflict resolution tools that people can use, giving people those tools so they have a chance to be effective is critical. A lot of the reason why people avoid conflict is they don't know how to resolve it. They're afraid. They're afraid they're going to get themselves in trouble. They're afraid the conflict's going to escalate because they don't have the skill sets to manage that. So you've got to help give them those tools or you can't realistically expect them to get to a better place. And managers and supervisors, they've got to be encouraging and recognizing efforts to resolve conflict. And they have to be using these tools themselves, role modeling. So really, in the end, we only resolve conflict by engaging respectfully. We engage respectfully, we do it in a timely manner. And if we avoid it, it's going to grow. If we get angry, people will get defensive, and it will grow. And maybe even faster. Remember, any Conflict is resolvable if both parties want to find a resolution. The hinge pin is to communicate. It will make things better or it will make things worse, but communication is the key and the choice is going to come down to what you want to do in trying to find those resolutions. So that's the end of my lecture on communication. I hope that people find this helpful. And I think I'm getting close to overstaying my welcome on my own show at this point. So I'm going to put a pin in this and look forward to some great episodes over the coming months. And again, I want to thank everybody so much for listening. Please send us your feedback on how we're doing. And again, you haven't had a lot of opportunity to do that the last six months, and I apologize for that. But I'd rather produce something that's useful and helpful to people than just put stuff out there just for the sake of putting it out. And I hope you'll agree that what we're putting out there is helpful and useful. And if you don't think it is, or if you think it is, let us know. Our goal here, as we've said many times, is about constant, never-ending improvement, and your feedback helps us with that. You know, we always say where to find our podcast, and as I was taking this break from doing it, I realized, well, why would I tell you where to find it? Because if you're listening, you already figured that out, right? So I'm not going to go there again, but what I will say is that you can check out our website at bernardinc.com. There's great video content on our YouTube channel as well. We have a YouTube channel called Bernard Associates, all one word. And if you go there, you'll find some great YouTube content, videos on all kinds of things, my Take 5 series, larger talks on various topics that people find interesting. In fact, recently, as we're starting this year, I received a message from YouTube. Apparently, we had something like 140,000 minutes watched on our YouTube channel. I thought, wow, you know, okay, well, someone's watching. So feel free to subscribe and check out some of that content. Otherwise, if you want to reach me, you can just email me at dbenard at bernardinc.com or you can find me on LinkedIn, Dean Bernard. Other than that, I'll just wish everybody the very best. Take care, folks, and we'll see you next time on the We've Seen a Thing or Two podcast. Mm-hmm.